Welcome to the Dev Ready Podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today, we're fortunate enough to be joined by Kaveda Nadan. She is the co-founder of Locomate, um, doing some seriously interesting things in the pharmacy sector. Kaveda is a pharmacist by um, by background and um, really bringing some interesting technology to the pharmacy sector, which needs a bit of a shake-up. Kaveda, or Covey, as people might know you by, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Anthony. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, it's always a pleasure to catch up. Um in terms of your, let's dig in a little bit, your background, obviously a pharmacist, but I'd love to hear about your story and how you sort of get involved in pharmacy to begin with. Sure. Um, so pharmacy is pretty much, I think I've been in pharmacy longer than I've been around. Like it's just 15, first job. It was really interesting. I, uh, my first job was we, I, I grew up in Maui, which is in Gippsland, um, a bit further out. Yeah, from, regional. Yeah, quite mm. regional. Yeah. And my dad used to be a patient at one of the local pharmacies. And so he got to know the pharmacist there really well. So when we moved up closer to, to Berwick, which is a, a bit more, well, definitely a lot further in than, um, than Moe is, he wrote on a, on a piece of paper, uh, just a handwritten note to, um, give to the pharmacy that was local to Berwick and just said, can you give these two girls a job? Because <laughs> their dad comes to my pharmacy. And so my sister, who was very much into it, I wanted a job straight away, and she was younger than me. She went out and got that job. And so when I was ready at the age of about 16, 17, um, she was like, come, um, because we've got that note. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let's go. Sorry, we've got a note, got so let's note. get a job. Yeah. Get the golden ticket. The golden ticket. Uh, so, yeah, that's where it all started. I mean, I was obviously a pharmacy assistant back then when it came to actually getting into a course at university after VCE, I actually didn't really know what I wanted to do. I knew it was something in health care, health sciences, but there were so many opportunities and it came down to the fact that I knew pharmacy, like it felt familiar and I'm like, why not? I mean, I know pharmacy in the retail sense, but I didn't know pharmacy in the pharmacist sense and what happens in the dispensary and, you know, being in pharmacy, you think you know, but that is a whole different world in there once you step into the dispensary. I mean, it's a small part of your pharmacy, but it does a lot of work um, for, for what's involved and what you see from an outsider as well. So that started my journey into pharmacy. And, you know, as I as being in community, I always wanted to work in community. It's just I loved that aspect of being able to work with people. That's one of being one of my yeah, biggest that is one fortunate thing of being in community. You it get is. connections with different you people. You do. Yeah, and I did do placements yeah. at hospitals and I found it to be quite disconnected in the the level of connection that you make with your patients, right? Here you can follow yes. a patient's journey all the way throughout. And then and it's sad in some cases where you lose patients, but it's also gives you a sense of like um reward and fulfillment to be able to help that person. Uh, so mm -hmm. I always knew I wanted to be in community pharmacy. I just didn't know where I wanted to go with it. So, you know, I managed uh, a locum for a bit once I registered. So I did work at a few regional areas, went to Metro. I went and worked in Bansdale for about six months. That was a great experience. Bansdale. Joined, joined <laughs> yes. the rotary yeah. there, got up at 5 a.m. Right. <laughs> what else do you do in Bansdale, yeah. right? <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, worked, managed in Churchill, which is also down in Gippsland. And um, then I was like, you know, I'm at a point where mm. I, I don't know, do I want to go into the path of like an MBA and go into industry or do – and I was very fortunate to be part of a group that really allowed me to um, – 
you know, to, to progress and gave me opportunities. And they're like, look, we've got an opportunity in Endeavor Hills. Do you want to pursue mm. partnership? And I was like, why not? I, I, if there's anything mm-hmm. I do, it's just jump into things, probably sometimes without thinking, yeah. uh, which is completely yeah, opposite to Serge, my co-founder. Um, but I think mm-hmm. that's why it works so well. So, yeah. you know, I jumped in and uh, that was ownership and that's now 10 years ago. Um, but I'm always of the sense that if anything's not working off on a change something, I always just go, how can we do it better? And so it's a good question, isn't it's it? It's always yeah. a question. And it's something that I think pharmacies mm-hmm. should consistently be asking, whether it be just a process in their pharmacy or something even bigger, right? I know during the pandemic, uh, this is a, uh, so when hand sanitizers was like, you could not get it nowhere. It was just out of stock along with everything else. Like, Everyone knows. Yeah. Yeah. It's chaos um, to get hand sanitizer. This first few rat. months yeah. was terrible. Yeah. Oh, horrible. I remember that website that popped up. <laughs> yes. Findarat.com.au. That's right. I actually had a look at it and there was no rats anywhere. No. Rats boilers. <laughs> so we decided, hey, why don't we make it? I mean, we can actually make hand sanitizer. So we worked it out, bottled it up, and people were coming from like the western suburbs just to come and, and grab just stuff. Oh, yeah, about yeah. thinking outside the yeah. box, right? And mm-hmm. I guess – um yeah, so that's that's my pharmacy journey in terms of where I've been, what I've been doing. But, you know, right now it's just yeah. I've got a manager in place so that I can go out and, and mm-hmm. pursue other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love the story and how it sort of was familiar as a kid, getting to know pharmacy and being yeah. around it, and then all of a sudden you start as a pharmacy assistant or even a retail assistant, um, and then all of a sudden you move into being a pharmacist. Yeah. I think it's sometimes what we know and what we're used to yeah. it makes it um, an easy transition. So. But the community part of it is really where the value is added. I, I find it fascinating that you were in hospital and you didn't really enjoy that because yeah. it's more net one person after the other, so probably a bit more transactional. I said there's still people clearly, but you're not following yeah, a journey. Be, it's, it's the, yeah, just the reactionary. Single serving. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah, lack of a better term. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know you use a lot of your yeah. cl- clinical knowledge in hospital mm-hmm. and that's fantastic. And, mm-hmm. and there is this yes. room for progression, but I just, I think it takes, there's different personalities obviously in pharmacy and what you want to do. So it's just like mm-hmm. at that time, especially there was just two career pathways that we really knew as students, right? Mm-hmm. You knew community or you knew hospital. And yes. when you get mm-hmm. embedded in community, it's like you just don't want to leave mm-hmm. once you're in there. Yeah. <laughs> no, brilliant. No, it seems like you, I can see the passion about, uh, pharmacy and being involved in it. I know um, we've spoken a bit off off camera, but you're really passionate about the careers and the upskilling of people that are coming along the journey. And tell us a bit about that in terms of um, where you sort of stem from, from uh, careers, helping some younger people get into pharmacy and think about it as a career. Yeah. Um, so something I've always been passionate about is just helping the students. And, you know, we've I've had a lot of interns over the years and a lot of students who've done placement. And one thing is that you ask them, hey, so what made you get into pharmacy? Uh, and a lot of times they don't really have an answer. And I, and I that's fine because that was me when I was yeah. a student, right? But it's yeah. like, well, then what do you want to do? And there's that lack of, you know, drive and thought and what is out there. That's And I'm like, this is not fair for them that they don't really know besides this community or hospital pathway what else there is out there. And um, so, you know, when we went on that whole started the whole locomate journey as well. And I was like, for me, and I said this to Serge from the start, I really do want to invest in the students because they are our uh, a future. So hmm. uh, whether it's locomate in itself is a career uh, uh, to pursue, right? But 
if they don't have the tools available to be able to make a decision, then they're going to be stuck and they're going to feel like there is just no room for growth and there's no opportunities when actually pharmacy, that degree can actually take you so many places, whether it be working in a GP clinic, whether it be now aged care, embedded in aged care facilities, um, researching. I mean, we've got, um, I know one of my students recently went out and spoke to a um, tech company and there's a pharmacist in there who, you know, because she's got the knowledge and background there in the pharmacy space, she's like, this is fantastic. Like, I work for a tech company. I'm like, how cool is that? You would never think yeah. of that. Um, you wouldn't put those two together. Never, because <laughs> we, we still use a fax, right? So- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all do. <laughs> um, so for me, uh, I think if we don't start at that student level and get them passionate about the opportunities, they're not going to be passionate about it in the down the track. And it all then links back to retention and the big dropout of students from, from our profession. We need to get them excited mm-hmm. and know that they're making such an impact, um, which then down the future, they will be able to go, yep, I'm so glad I invested in my career and invested in this profession. No, that's brilliant. Um, Locomate. Mm-hmm. Obviously, locomate was probably one of those things. How can we make this better? Yeah. Um, fascinating. I've been like we've been around the pharmacy industry for about ten years now, and when I saw this idea, I go, "Geez, that's brilliant!" It's simple, one of those yeah. ones you're like, "Why wasn't there already?" <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, why right? wasn't there already? Yeah. Exactly. Anytime you tell anyone about it, or anyone sees it, that's the reaction. Um, where did it sort of stem from? Obviously, there's a problem, right? Finding locums. And if anyone doesn't know what a locum is, effectively, they're the temporary staff that float around, um, uh, which are pharmacists. Mm. If someone goes on holiday, um, they might need someone to replace because they need a pharmacist in a pharmacy. You can't just go without one. It doesn't work that way. Um, so they would come in, spend a day in a pharmacy or a week. They may go regional for a week or two. There's different options for a locum. Um, yeah. And it's a really, it's a career, right? Yeah. They can, and it gives people a bit more flexibility rather than being bedded down in one place. They can spend a bit more time travelling Australia, visiting different pharmacies and communities, and um, I think it's an interesting career pathway. But the the locum pool, um, from what I understand, has really been that sort of HR um, process where you're part of a, a some sort of HR organisation and then you um, sign up to them, sort of like a, a temp staffing group if anyone's uh, worked for one of those um, where you sign up and then they find placements for you and then they the pharmacist might pick up a phone um, call and say we need we need someone tomorrow or we need someone next week or over Christmas or whatever it might be and they will go on the hunt to find someone that can fill that, that actual placement. At what point were you frustrated in the process where the question came out, how can we make this better and uh, started the sort of journey for what like it is? What was that painful day? Yeah. Clear as daylight in my mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love telling this story because I always get so <laughs> passionate about it. So she'll be yeah. like, calm down. Uh, so, no, passion's good. Passion is quite good. Right, right. Uh, yeah. So, you know, p- pandemic was the, every pharmacist in this country and probably around the globe knows when the pandemic hit because it, there was a pandemic in our pharmacies as well, a pandemic of toilet paper, of everything else under the sun that you could get. Um, so during that time when you had to go and self-isolate for a test, mm-hmm. it didn't take like two days. It took close to seven to 10 days to get your results back, right? And because we didn't know what COVID was, it was such an unknown, 
I was like, nah. So two of my main pharmacists were out for mm. a good 10 days because they were mm. isolating. I went through a lot of locums during that time. Um, mm. But for me, it was just keeping the, the pharmacy open, getting through the day, pumping mm. out the scripts, um, serving our customers. So when I had a moment to reflect and I got that, you know, that invoice in the mail and I was like, oh, my gosh, I paid this much for locums. And at the same time, mm-hmm. When my doors would open, I wouldn't know who was coming in. I had no opportunity to interact with them, communicate. And so this all came to a boiling point and I came home one day and Serge being, he was working from home at that point. And so he had all the time in the world when previously he didn't, right, to be able to listen to my ranting and whinging and, you know, coming home at like 9 or 10 p.m. at night. All I want to do was just literally talk to someone about what had happened mm-hmm. during the day. Um, it was more like my debrief session as well. Yeah. And um, he was sitting across the, 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 the table and he's like, no, so come on, there must be a piece of software that we could just get and be able to automate this. I'm like, yeah, if you can find something for me, I will use, use it. Do you know what I mean? Because I don't want to be using emails. I don't really want to be calling people. I don't want to be having to not know who's coming and, and then the rates that they um, are and then paying like almost mm-hmm. double that a month later. Mm-hmm. So he's like, hmm, there's actually nothing available in Australia. I'm like, that's weird. Uh, so then we looked overseas. Yes, there was um, solutions that were probably about 70% done, 60, 70, but not exactly to what I wanted. I'm like, search, this is what I need. And literally that night, we stayed up till probably midnight or 1 a.m., sat down and he got into, you know, solution architect mode um, (laughs) and he mapped it all out for me. And I would love to go back. I hope he took a screenshot of literally the first basic step-to-step that we we designed. And I was like, yep, this is what I need. And so we went, that's how the journey started. That was me (laughs) with a problem and him going, you know what, I'm going in solution mode and this is what you need. So, you know, yes, it was. It is the perfect marriage of pharmacy yeah. and tech in this in this yep. situation. Yep. And um, you know, from that, that was our solution. That was a product. But when we went down that journey, we realized. And you, you talk about locuming being a career. You talk mm-hmm. about you know having, especially like in hospital, having those transactional interactions with people. We realized that this was what was happening with a lot of locums as well. And that's. Also, when we decided it, this is bigger mm. than just an app, this is actually mm. changing the mindset of the industry. Mm. This is building a community um, for our pharmacists and our locums. And this is really highlighting the work um, and the transparency around what this work involves. So, yeah, and that's that's where yes, our vision came a, from. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. Yeah, coming yeah. home in frustration. Mm. Um, and if anyone's listening out there that's a non-tech, just marry us some <laughs> Somewhat technical partner, and you'll be fine. It's always in that frustration moment. I don't have any ideas I've had waiting in line. There's a place of frustration. How do I solve this? How do we make this better? I think it's it's a classic story, and it can. I think some some of the best ideas come from real adversity. Um, 
we we find that some of the biggest companies are made in um, in times of recession, and COVID was a time of uncertainty and massive um, massive uncertainty, especially in the sector you were in. Um, from a global perspective, you were the, probably one of the only um, retail outlets, other than supermarkets, that were open with some retail sitting, and everyone was coming, thinking, uh, ooh, probably knocking on your door, asking what's going on as it moved into vaccinations yeah. and all these sort of things. It's been so long, and you see the industry. Is pretty tired. It's the you can tell that pharmacists have come to a bit of their wits' end, and I think the whole healthcare profession is probably at that point um, understaffed. Yeah. It's going through a bit of pain right now. So I think yeah, to come up with that concept in this market, brilliant. Then it's about the execution, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, what's that process been like? Because clearly, there's an idea, and um, obviously, Surge being and yourself coming together, you got a bit of tech component and backgrounds, married with the complete domain knowledge. Um, what did the execution look like? How did it start? What was the next steps after penciling down? I've got a bit of an idea how we bring this together. Yeah. Now what? Well, look, I mean, it has been. So you know when you just like a baby and you learn to walk and you learn to like ride and walk. That <laughs> yes. was us. Yeah. Like even though Serge yeah. has that technical background, which yes. really helped because mm. I think if we were both non-technical, this would have been yeah. such a harder process. But mm-hmm. I have loved learning. So, you know, going through that design phase, then going to the mm-hmm. The, the realisation, hey, this is actually possible. Like are we going mm. to do this? And then seeing it come to life and going to APP with literally four, you know, um, screens just to show this is the product Uh, and people getting their buy-in and going through that process of getting everyone excited about it. Like I've loved that journey. I mean, I personally don't deal with the developers as much, but I'm the person who's like, I think we should do this. And they're sort of like, yes. yeah, all right, we, we can do it or we'll park it for later, right? Because for me, I'm like, just so do it. Controls <laughs> right yeah, whatever just code, ideas. Put whatever yeah. code in and we'll just do it and you know, get it out there. And he's like, no, Covey, like, that's not how it yeah. works. So I think between us, like, that's the good grounding that we've had that, you know, I can – we can bounce off ideas of each other and he will tell me what's possible and what's not. Um, Mm -hmm. But also for him, he needs to know what's happening in the industry as well and what are our pain points currently, which has helped Mm. to develop a lot of those features. What's next? What's the most important? Um, You know, when we did the launch in um, Victoria in January, we did it with Mm. a small group of of pharmacies and the the most critical thing with that was getting the feedback because Mm. what it allowed us to do is really go "Mm, this feature you know as much as we thought that was very important right now it's actually not what's important Mm. is you know invoicing or it might just be the feedback feature but these are the things which has allowed us to really go okay, we need to think about this realistically because mm. you can get so um, excited caught up, and caught up yeah. and yeah, you know, the, the flashing lights and, yeah, that's where I want to be yes. right now. But yeah. And that's something that mm. I've had to put a lot of breaks on because mm. I'm the type who's like, yeah, if I want something, I want it now. And and Serge mm. has been quite um, practical about that. So, mm-hmm. uh, But the, overall, like, the, the, the whole startup journey is so exciting. And if ever, anyone ever actually wants to do it, like I, I would highly recommend it. Just have a really good support network. And really my biggest advice is the experts, they're the experts for a reason. Like honestly, invest your money and your time in them because you will save yourself so much pain uh, down the track if things are to go, you know, um, out of whack. I'll, yeah. I'll say that to Andrew this morning. 
<laughs> over a conversation we're having in another project. Yeah. But yeah, yeah people are coming to us for assistance and then just ignoring everything we're saying and doing it their way. Yeah. That doesn't what, make sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, what's the point? Correct. Yeah. Exactly. And you can sort of, as technical, you can see that the problems they're creating for themselves in the future and they don't get it. Mm. And it's, yeah, I think um, having that technical founder or someone that's got technical now is, is it's value add. So in terms of that end, because we're talking predominantly to non-techs that have domain knowledge, domain expertise, what's some of the qualities in, I don't know it's your husband, but Serge, yeah. that you see that you've needed to support the journey of building the product? Just take your hat off of husband, wife, co-founders yeah. and how you're connected. But what's some of the qualities that he's brought to the table that you really needed to get you to this point? Oh, absolutely. So one of the main things is attention to detail. I struggle with that. I'm very much like, yep, I, I, I'm that person who's like, yeah, this looks amazing. Like, let's do it. He is very precise and will go through things very thoroughly. You you need that. You need that person who will, you know, go through the with a fine tooth comb and look at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, also needs somebody who is going to think about how everything will fit in with each other. I think that's so important to be able to then set yourself up for the future. And one thing he did really well is making sure that this product could be changed, manipulated down the track if we ever wanted to go into other industries, other, you know, um, pathways. And so, again, always future thinking as well, but then being realistic about what you need right now. Um, so that that was very important for us. Um, and the other thing that was very important is just having that relationship to be able to know what the technical people are talking about, right? So... I mean, he himself, he's like, I've been out of that technical stuff for a long time, but he still knew and he could still converse and, and know exactly what mm-hmm. information to ask um, when it was required. So those mm-hmm. things were just vital for making sure that this project um, got to where it is today. Yeah, you don't need to know how to code. You need to know oh. how to understand and communicate what you're actually after so then the people who can code can follow along the right exactly. instructions and not assume Correct. things. Yeah, that's it. No, they're they're really good points. And um, I think, yeah, details, very important because what we find is a lot of the the co-founders or or founders of businesses that generally have the idea may not be the detail people and that can hold them up to execution because tech, if nobody knows, we have to think about every single possible scenario within the confines of a, a feature. What could go wrong, what might go wrong, and then you bring in the future sort of grade to what you're sort of doing. So future thinking is paramount, but we're not building the future, but we're putting some roadblocks in to make sure we can actually stay on the same path towards the future. Towards the future. So yeah, it's, yeah, I think some really good points yeah. there and that jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Um, I'll leave that one to Anthony <laughs> to bring that together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think when we met Serge last, he said, yeah. people say he's a geek and then he was like, you're the real one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, being able to put that together and understand at that low level. I take it as well. It's a compliment. Yeah. I'm not going to go on Beauty and the Geek. I'm not that kind, but... <laughs> Yeah, a bit more personality than that, but yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's a jigsaw puzzle. It's it's just it trying really to is. join the dots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's so much, so many ways you can sort of skin a cat when designing tech. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it's what approach you might bring together, how you might sort of juggle it. And I find it fascinating the approach that um, you've taken to build your application. Um, so it's talking to Serge off camera, obviously. Um, you've built a web app and put it in an, a downloadable app. Mm-hmm. So you've wrapped it in an app, in an actual app, deployed it on the app store. Um, some of people come to us and they want everything done all at once. And I think it's really smart to do that. Um, because you're saving money and then the biggest learning I've got from you is you've actually learned from your customers and are building tech for customers now. Um, not just your idea, because your idea starts and stems, but your customers will help you evolve it to a point because in the end it's all about helping customers develop value or helping people on the platform, not just getting your idea into an app. Um, yeah. yeah. So there's a lot in that. Yeah, mm. exactly. I mean, and that's yeah. that's always been our driver, right? The, the, the mm-hmm. problem came first in the solution. So if we don't mm-hmm. listen to our customers, what's the point? We're just spitting out yeah. stuff which nobody really mm-hmm. wants and it's just mm-hmm. you, the time and yeah. money better spent. So we mm-hmm. have to be very mindful of that. <laughs> what's the plan? So how is the project going in the pharmacy sector? Because I've seen it bubbling around. Um, <laughs> so what's the feeling? What's the sense in the market? How's it? It's, it's been what? seven, eight months, nine months since it launched. Um, How's it tracking? It's tracking really well. I think, uh, you know, obviously launching in Victoria was great because we're based in Victoria and now we're just, we've got like a 90% plus fill rate in Victoria. So what we're trying to do is then replicate this in other states that we launched. You know, Queensland was our next um, project and that's starting to build up a lot of traction and then heading into New South Wales. And having that phased approach has been so important to really spending the time and effort and getting um making sure that we have the support available to for, for our um, pharmacies and also our locums as well. So as we've built up, we've built up our team as well. And, you know, so now that whole customer service and support side of it is is ticking along really well and people are knowing the team behind it. Um, so in terms of where locomate and what we want to do with it, you know, Ultimately, locuming, we really want to highlight the benefits of locums, especially in this market right now where mm-hmm. we are struggling with staff. We are struggling to get people, whether it's pharmacy assistants, but even pharmacists, you know, and especially to rural regional areas where these pharmacies need a break. Like, it's not like Metro where you can get a locum in, you know, for... Uh, it's a lot uh, easier, isn't it? There's a lot more locums in the pool of Melbourne. Correct. Rather than That's the right. regional centre. So we're trying to be more proactive with that and trying to see, you know, reach out to locums who can go out and do a stint maybe for four to six weeks and and service some of the pharmacies around that space and say to these owners and managers, have your time off. Like you need a break, get recharged, even if it is just three, four days, it doesn't matter. Um, And making these locums accessible but then enhancing that experience for them as well. Hey, make it a trip and a, and a holiday out of it. Mm-hmm. Go somewhere you haven't been before, you know, get a new experience, um, see yeah. the countryside, like whatever it might be. Uh, so we really want to now start really setting up that whole locum experience side of things as well. We don't want to start doing a lot more about them blogging their journey and, and you know, how, mm-hmm. how fulfilling it is to be a locum. And from that, we want to stem into, you know, this, the, the opportunities for students as well. We have a dedicated student team at Locomate um, mm-hmm. and they're doing some fantastic projects. They're really highly motivated, passionate individuals and, you know, giving them the opportunity to have 
the um, the podcast, the Q and A's, meet people that they would never have thought to meet in university, and giving them opportunities to be, then be able to utilize that moving forward in their career. So there's a lot of aspects in how we want to, you know, ultimately we want to make bring it all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our, um, aim is to create better pharmacists, and that's what we're always going to provide, whether it be through the student, it's going to be through the training and development of our early career pharmacists um, and even the pharmacists who are probably nearing the end of their career. It doesn't matter, but there will be something available for you to be able to stay in this profession. And, um, you know, we are excited about where this can take us in terms of in Australia. But, you know, if this is a project that we want to take globally, then we will we will take it globally because pharmacist shortage, you look in the US, they're going through the same exact thing right now, mm. um, crying out for a talent. And, and if Locomate can be an answer for that, then, mm. hey, so be it. <laughs> That's exciting. It and is it's, exciting. It's, I think you mentioned at the start, it's, it's more than an app. It's clearly, it's all about the people, the locums, the training, the upskilling, the yeah. creating a profession out of it and talking about the value you can add to communities. I think, yeah, it's a really good initiative that you're driving here. It's, For it's you, a what? platform, yeah. not just mm. an app to yes. serve the single-serving ecosystem. Yeah. It's not just serving yeah. the yeah. substitute yeah. locum problem. Yeah. That's it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, it started there, right? Yeah. So, but then it evolves it and does. I think your passion around mm-hmm. people, support, career yeah. is really starting to stem through it. And the jobs in pharmacy piece is also something that you're sort of exploring. Absolutely. Um, I know that. Yeah. So in terms of how you might um, expand the network for not just locoming to a, a job career path in pharmacy too. Yeah. So there's a lot bubbling along um, and it's moving at rapid rates. So yeah. it's pretty exciting to be the world of locomate. I'd imagine. <laughs> yes. What if you were to reflect? Um, what some things you learnt through this journey that you could um, share with some of the audience about that being in a? I would classify you as a fast-moving um, startup in terms of the way you've onboarded. For anyone listening, um, you've gone from zero to. <laughs> 400 or so shifts going You know that the first platform. month in January yes. when we we got yeah. our bill of yeah. just one shift, yes. we were just so excited. Yeah, excited <laughs> yeah. for the future. <laughs> it starts somewhere, well, right? We're like, we're transacting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It's so it's funny. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, learnings, so many, Andrew. I, I think yeah. one of the biggest is, I mean, you know, I've always been um, a female in a very – you know, male-dominated space, but it has been even more heightened, especially in the tech space. And, you know, Mm. that's because probably women just don't realise that there is so many opportunities for them. But Mm. having to to be in that space and to find my voice and to be able to, you know, impart my ideas and realise that, hey, people are, are, you know, I have the domain expertise, so people are looking to me for that advice and to be able to guide them along, especially some of the devs that will be like, so, Covey, what do you reckon we need? And I'm like, oh, okay, this is what we need and i'm like is that do they actually want that from me but you have to realize that it is really important to voice your opinion and to make sure that you have a massive input and what what goes on um the other thing when we were literally talking about this probably half an hour before this podcast surgeon and i we're just like, oh my goodness, things are happening so quickly. But the main thing is that we, you need to connect with your founder, um, co-founder constantly. And it doesn't have to be a sit down session, but even if it's just 10 minutes, half an hour, whatever, but you need to be on the same page. And we found mm. that to be a big learning curve for us, especially. Okay. 
you know, we've got so many other things going on. I've got my, my pharmacy business. I've got, we've got kids and finding that time and space to get into like, you know, creative mode and to get into, yeah. you know, just getting up to date. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's on the fly a lot of the times, mm-hmm. but mm. it's great because it's constantly keeps you thinking um, as well. And also just for me personally, I've loved having to go from doing my first podcast ever, which was with Scott, mm-hmm. to now yep. being so comfortable. <laughs> and you don't understand, like my first podcast, I did like, Yep. You know, hours of prep for it. I just like you, I, had I, no, I, like, this. <laughs> I had no idea what to expect. But to now yeah. being to the point where I've like that's so much growth. Mm. Like to know what to expect mm. and be so comfortable yep. in this environment, it's mm. really rewarding. Like, and so Brilliant. people don't understand that there is so much you have to learn from it. But it's really exciting yeah. because it's completely different from my pharmacy space, and I love it. I love that it's a whole new learning curve for me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's using different skills and so. Com- very yeah. different journey. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, we used to prep a lot in the first few episodes. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't even check who the guest is when we talk to them anymore. <laughs> that's the exciting thing because you're like, this is actually yeah. a proper natural conversation, it's right? Yeah, it's just it works the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something. I lost my train of thought. Then, yeah. <laughs> sorry, um, you didn't prep. That's why. Important. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something. Oh, that's what it is. Um, learning. Like, mm. I think in a fast-paced moving business, it's you're sort of always on the edge of learning and pushing you and evolving you. And I think it's probably one of the most fascinating things I find about being in business and around business, especially fast-moving things. You're always pushing the boundary of what you think you're capable of. Um, it opens up your mind once you break through. So uncomfortable on a podcast, comfortable on a podcast. That's um, it. And it doesn't take long when you throw yourself in those deep ends a little bit. It's just... The, the the old saying goes, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes. Um, but, yeah, from yeah. a business perspective and being in this world, it's fast-moving growth and it's yeah. a lot of personal development happens through the journey of business. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the journey you're on is just moving pretty quickly. <laughs> it is moving very quickly. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's important also, like, yeah. if mm-hmm. uh, to be able to yeah. – um, because you will have 50 million things going on at once, but you mm-hmm. need to just be able to find your own way to um, yes. sort that out and, you know, um, mm-hmm. set your own agenda and how you manage that as well is so mm-hmm. important uh, because mm-hmm. that will not stop. So you yeah. need to, to be able to change and mould yourself to be able to change mm-hmm. to your environment. Oh, brilliant, Covey. Thank you for coming on sharing your journey um, to date Thank with Locomate. We wish you all the best in the, the years to come um, in terms of where it might end up and potentially going international. I think there's some exciting things ahead. Um, if anyone wants to find out about Locomate, locomate.com.au. Um, check them out. They're doing some um, great things in the pharmacy sector. And Kavi, appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on the DevReady podcast, sharing your journey. We'll check in probably in the next six to 12 months. I'd love to see how it goes from here. Thank you so much, guys. It's been brilliant. And yes, I talk a lot, but it's been good. <laughs> oh, it's good. That's great episode. Thank we, you. We yeah. want to hear from you. That's uh, why you're on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, true, true. That's right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Kevin. Bye.